Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Go ahead and grab a seat this afternoon, amen. Uh, once again, amen, Pastor Hector and Rosie uh, send their apologies, amen, and so they truly wanted to be with us this weekend, and so uh, just keep them both in prayer, amen, uh, uh, for them to get well, amen, and so things just pop up at times, amen, and we understand that as as you can see, it's, it's, it's going around even within our church, amen, and so uh, stay safe out there. Uh, stay stay well, amen, but continue to pray for those that you don't see. So once again, they just send their, their love and appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys, amen. We're going to get them back here out here sometime, amen. So no, don't worry, they're, they're coming back, amen. We, we will have a powerhouse weekend. Can somebody say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Today, I'm going to finish up the second part of always remain thankful. Always remain thankful. Say that with me. Always, always. remain thankful. Amen. When you say thankful, you got to smile. Say thankful. <laughs> Come on, there has to be a smile. You can't be. You cannot be thankful with a with a with a ground or, or with a with a with a with a mean face. Amen. You can't just say I'm thankful. You you can't. That that doesn't go. Amen. We can't be grumpy and thankful. Amen. We got to be smiley, joyful, and thankful. Amen. And so always remain thankful. Imagine if we can just smile all the time. Be thankful. Wouldn't life be great? Come on, that you know we can, we can do that, church. Even through the midst of storms, we can do that in, through the midst of whatever's hitting our lives. We can still remain thankful. Can somebody say Amen? Hallelujah! Come on, we do this by rejoicing, by always praying, and always being thankful for all. Somebody say all, all circumstances. Doesn't matter what hits our life, we can remain thankful to the Lord. Amen. Because God is still good. Can somebody say Amen? And we do this by putting into practice what we learned, receive, and heard. Learn, receive, and heard. Come on. As the, as the word goes forth, it, it teaches. But it's up to you to receive it, right? You got to catch it. You got to say, that, that one's for me, or that's for me, or I'm going for that. Amen. You got to receive it, and then you got what you heard, you got to put into practice. Tell your neighbor, put into practice. Tell yourself, self, I'm putting into practice. Come on. The problem is us. Come on. Come on. We're so worried about everybody else, but we're not doing what we're supposed to do. So you got to put into practice by setting the example for others to follow. Come on. We got a job to do, church. Come on. We, we think it's just all about us, but no, it's about everybody else around us. And so if we put into practice what we learn, then others see an example they can follow. Because I many know there are a lot of bad examples out there. Come on, and a lot of people follow those bad examples. We need some good examples out there in the world, amen, around our workplaces to set the right example. Can somebody say amen? So how do we remain thankful? How do we remain thankful, amen? We remain thankful by learning. We got to continue to learn. Come on, you gotta have a teachable spirit. You cannot have a, you can't have an attitude that, you know what, I, I already know it. Uh, you don't have to preach to me. Come on, you're preaching to the choir. We, we can't have that type of attitude, amen. We, we have to always be learning. Come on, I hope that each time we gather, you wanna learn. I, I hope that each time you open your word, you're there to read it. And to learn from it. Come on, we're not just reading it to say I read the word. No, I'm reading it and then I'm applying it. So I'm learning to be a better Christian. I'm learning to be a better man of God, a woman of God. Amen. So we be, as we do that, we will remain thankful. Can somebody say amen? Come on. In order to become, you need to learn and apply, right? Come on. If you want to be a doctor, come on. How many know you can't just say, I'm a doctor? 
Come on, you, you're going to have to learn some things. You're going to have to apply those, those practices in order to say, I'm a doctor now, right? Or whatever, whatever profession you're going to, whatever you want to learn, amen. In order to become, you must learn and you must apply. Let's look at a man uh, uh, in the Bible, a, a life of a man who did this well. And hopefully that you and I, say me, will learn something from his life that we can apply to our lives. I want to look at the life of Apostle Paul. Paul the Apostle. You see, Paul didn't just give thanks to the Lord during November. Come on, he didn't just give thanks on Thanksgiving Day. He didn't just give thanks when things were good. Come on, he didn't give thanks when he just got a raise or a bonus. Come on, somebody. But every day was a thankful day for Paul. Really, every day, church, come on, every day, each time we wake up, the first things that should come out of our mouths is, thank you, Lord. Come on, thank you for another day. How many said that this morning? Come on, you, you don't have to raise your hand, amen, come on. But come on, we, we should be thankful people. Come on, there are many people today that didn't wake up. I mean, it, it's, it's sad, but people die every day, church. There are people that die today. There are people going to die tomorrow. There are always going to be death in our world, amen. And so each time that we wake up, it should be a moment of thanksgiving to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the breath of life. And, and it's not that we're better than anybody else, but life happens. There's sickness in the world. Things happen. So death does come, church. We can't, we can't avoid death. Death, one day, we're going to find Amen. So each day that we wake up, there should be a, a thanksgiving in our hearts. Amen. Uh, you know, a thank you, Jesus, in our spirit. Amen. Of another day. Thank you for the breath. Come on. That's in my lungs. Amen. Uh, thank you for my spouse uh, that I woke up next to. Amen. Uh, thank you for my home. Hallelujah. My health. Amen. Uh, my coffee. I don't know about you, but I thank Jesus for my coffee when I drink in the morning. Amen. Uh, it's, it tastes a little better when you thank Jesus for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. We thank him for our meals, right? We pray for our meals. It's a thanksgiving. Come on. It's a hallelujah in our spirits. We should thank the Lord each time we wake up. Come on. Someone just say, thank you, Jesus. Come on. If you didn't say it today, say it now. Hallelujah. Say, thank you, Lord, for the breath in my lungs. Come on, for another day of life. Come on, hallelujah. I wake up, man, and I say, thank you, Lord, and I go like this. Oh, she's still breathing. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. Come on, I'm thankful, amen. She can be knocked out, but she's still breathing. I'd like, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the blankets are moving, we're okay, hallelujah. Come on. I don't know, I don't know if you just wake up every day, and I, if it's just me, it's just me. I don't know if you just wake up once you made the coffee, and you, you smell it, and you take a taste of it, and you drink it, and you say, thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but I sit at, at a table in, in my, in my, in my, in my uh, dining room that looks out to my kitchen, and I always just start to drink, and I just sit there, and, and just for a moment, and I thank the Lord for my home. And I start thinking things of what I should be thankful for. You know, I start thinking things of, man, how he's always provided for us. I start thinking how blessed we are and there's peace that's in my home. Come on, a lot of homes, you don't have a lot of peace. Come on, but I thank God for peace in my home. I, I pray for peace for my home. I, I pray for shalom, the peace of God in my house. But I'm thankful that, you know what, I sit at the table and God has been good to me. Come on, come on, if you're breathing, amen, if you're able to take a shower and do these things, you should thank the Lord, come on, somebody, for the meal that you just had and things like that. Philippians chapter 4, 11 to 13 says this, and this is Paul speaking, and we want to learn from him, because he, he knew how to be thankful always. He says, this is Paul saying, he goes, not that I, I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content Hallelujah. Come on. Word that we need to learn. Come on, somebody. I learned to be content with whatever I have. Now I lost myself. There it is. I know how to live in almost nothing or with, with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's full or with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But look how the Message Bible puts it. It says, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I have learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances are. I'm just as happy with the little, with the much, 
and with the much as with the little. I found the recipe for being happy whether I'm full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I am, whatever, uh, whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. The New King James Version says in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, the, the message Bible that I read, it says, I found the recipe. I found the recipe for being thankful. How many want to know that recipe? Come on, are you ready to write it down? Come on. You ever went to someone's home, amen, and, and, and they cooked a meal, and it's something that you have made for yourself, but, but theirs just tastes so much different, so, so much better. <laughs> Come on, you, you taste it like, man, what, what did you put in this? I mean, I, I've made this dish so many times, but there's something different. I mean, you, you, you gotta tell me the secret. You, you gotta give me the, the recipe. I, I need to know the recipe. I, 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 maybe there's something that I'm missing in mine that, you know what, I want it to taste just like this. There's something. I, I got to have it. Come on. Come on. When you, when you have something like that, church, you want to share it. Come on. All of us here have a recipe. Come on, somebody. We have the recipe. We have the answer. We found it, and it's Jesus Christ, amen. We found it in the gospel, and so that's something that we need to share to somebody. Well, Paul here found the recipe. Paul here learned the secret, listen, of being content, of being happy, of being thankful. Let me ask you a question, and I don't want you to answer it, but answer it in your mind. Are you, say me, are you happy to be or are you happy or content in anything that hits your life? Oh, no, we had phone calls already, so no. <laughs> Come on, even, even myself, amen, there are times where, you know what, I, I don't like what's hitting my life. Come on, can we be real here? Real here, real here, real here. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's just get real. Come on, there are moments in our life that we just don't like. Come on, let's just get real. There are moments in our life that, you know what, I'm not happy. I'm not content. I don't like what's going on in my life. So the question really, man, are we really happy on anything that hits our lives? The question answer would be really for all, most of us, except for Brother Mario, is no. <laughs> Come on, we sometimes it, it turns, it, it's a curve. I'm not saying that we stay there. Come on, somebody, I'm going to take you somewhere. Tell your neighbor, he's taking us somewhere. Come on. Come on, I'm not saying that we like what's going on in our lives, amen, but you know what, I, or, 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 but I don't live it. I, I don't display it in my life, church. Come on, there's, there's a difference. See, Paul can be content, amen, no matter what was going on. It doesn't mean that he liked what, was, what he was going through. He didn't like the imprisonment. He didn't like the, the stoning. He didn't like the, the, the whipping. He didn't like all the stuff that he did for Christ's sake, amen. But he found it, he understood that he did not live it. He did not allow it to be displayed in his life, amen. In other words, he did not let the situations take control. Come on, he can be whipped one day and smiling still the next day, thanking the Lord. Come on, he thanked the Lord even in the jail cell. Come on, remember? When Paul and Silas were in the jail, amen, they weren't complaining. They weren't, they weren't saying, what the heck's going on with us, amen? We're doing God's will, and here we are locked up. There. We're beaten up, amen? No, what did they start doing? Worshiping God. I don't know about you, but that's, that's a thankful person there. That's a grateful person for the Lord. It did not change it. It was not displayed in his life. He didn't display it in front of the, the jailers. He didn't display it in front of those in jail. Come on, he still showed and be who he was, content and happy. So Paul knew how so how to do that, amen. He knew how to be satisfied. He knew how to be content, amen, whether he had plenty or whether he was in need. He was always thankful because he had and we found the recipe. Come on, the New Living Translation says, I, I found the secret. I found the secret of, of being happy. I found the secret, amen, of being content in my life, no matter what hits my life. Come on. Does anyone have needs in this place today? Come on. Or are you dissatisfied because you don't have what you want? 
You see, contentment doesn't come naturally to most of us. Come on, can we get real, real? Come on, it doesn't come naturally to us. Contentment, listen, describes a person who accepts whatever comes their way, which rules most of us out. Because we are normally moved by our feelings. Right? We kind of flow whatever's hitting our life, church, right? Come on, somebody. When things are bad, come on. Get out of the way. Get out of her way. Come on. Sister Charlene was, was talking, being real, right? Man, I was getting frustrated. But she's here right now. And she gave God some praise for her new job. Come on, somebody. I ain't going to stop this from going to church. I ain't going to stop this from my praise. Amen. You know what? But, you know, when, you know, we, we, we come on and when things are good, amen, we, we're, we're good. Come on. She's, she's happier. He's not grumpy. I mean, everything's all right. Come on. Paul was satisfied to a point of his life that he was not disturbed. Nothing accepted, upset Paul, amen, to a point where he lost his thankfulness to God. Nothing in his life made him silent, quiet. Nothing stopped his shout. Come on, somebody. Nothing stopped his thank you, Jesus. Uh, nothing stopped thank this, uh, his hallelujah praise. Nothing stopped him from the root dance. Man, I haven't seen you guys do a root dance since conference. What stopped you? Come on, nothing should stop us, amen. I, we still got to get rooted. We still got to go deeper, amen. It wasn't just a, a, a weekend thing. It wasn't just a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. Uh, come on, this is, this is our, 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 our theme for the year, amen. Uh, this is really for our life, amen, that we must get rooted and keep doing so when the winds are coming, amen. Uh, don't give yourself into the wind, amen. Root yourself deeper. You got to do that dance. Come on, you got to do it wherever you're at. Come on. You ever just been excited and just in your car or in your, in your shower or wherever you're at, man? You're just happy for Jesus. Now you take a shower and ah, get mad at the shampoo, the conditioner. The soap's not doing its job no more. Something's happening. You, 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 you lost it. You lost your happiness. You lost your contentment. Come on. Paul. Paul was always thankful. And if we can learn anything from a man, and if you learn, if you know the, the life of Paul and what he went through, come on, we've gone through some stuff, church. This man's gone through some, some persecution. We've gone through some hurt. He's gone through some hurt, backstabbing, all kinds of stuff, whipped, stoned, left in sea. The man should be dead, yet he's still thankful because he's alive. He was thankful. This guy has gone through a, a, a lot of stuff, all for the name of Jesus. But nothing. He was never displayed in his life. He, yes, he probably felt it inside, but outside, he was still a man of God. Outside, he was still encouraging people, though he was feeling discouraged. Come on out. He, here he is, amen, in a jail cell, and then, then he's ministering to, to the jailer, and he gets saved. And then he takes him to his house and his family gets saved. Come on, imagine if he would have just been grumpy, it would have stopped. See, you got to understand, church, that sometimes things that are hit our lives sometimes is the enemy stopping you from giving the message of Christ to somebody that's in need. That if we can just remain thankful, then we can continue to reach people. Come on, somebody. Reach our families. Colossians chapter 3, 16 to 17 says this, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives and teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with a thankful heart. And whatever you do or whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him, to God the Father. See, you got to understand right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a heavy little revy to you, amen? Worship, listen, worship is a big part of thankfulness. Worship is a big part of thankfulness. Worship is not something we do. 
for 20 minutes or 30 minutes while the late people get here. It's not, it's not, it's not to delay for those that are coming in. Come on, thankfulness is not a, just a time that we come together and we sing three songs, we clap our hands, we raise our hands, and it's over. Thankfulness puts us into position of gratefulness. When we start to worship God, then something inside of us starts to open up. Can somebody say amen? amen. So it's a real big part of thankfulness. If, I don't know if you've ever seen worship that way. That when you start to worship, you can't just worship God with being grumpy. Or you can just go through the motions and you can try to fake people out or you can try to pretend that everything's all right. But when you start to truly, listen, truly worship God and lift your hands to the king and you start to see those songs or, or those words on our monitors, amen, of how good he is. And you start to really sing it deep in your spirit and then the spirit of thanksgiving wakes up inside of you. Something shifts during worship if you worship God right. You can come heavy during worship, and you can be delivered at the end of worship. And then you'd be ready to receive the word of God. Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm telling you, church, next time, come with that type of attitude. Come with an attitude, you know what, of thanksgiving. Come with an attitude, you know what, I'm going to worship God. I, I had a bad morning. I had a bad week, whatever it is, but I'm going to get into his presence right now. And when I start to sing, something inside of me is going to wake up, amen, and I'm going to start to thank God no matter what's in my life. I'm going to worship him because he deserves it. I'm going to sing to him because I want to sing, amen. He is worthy of my praise. He is worthy of my glory. He's worthy of all things, amen. So worship has to be a big part of our thankfulness, amen. You must let your worship lead you to gratitude, which creates thankfulness. You see that throughout the uh, the early church, amen. Come on, they, 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 although they access the, the Old Testament scriptures, amen, and they use those scriptures freely, they did not have the New Testament or any other Christian books to study like you and I do. So you got to understand their stories and their teachings about Christ were memorized and passed down from person to person. Back then, sometimes the teachings were set to music. So music became a very important part of the Christian worship, amen. Through worship, they educated themselves as they sang. See, we have the New Testament. They didn't have it. They, 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 we had Christ. They didn't have that. They didn't understand. They didn't read all that what we read today. And so all they did was reflect on the Old Testament and all the things of the old, but then they started to sing and put it into worship songs. So that's how they educated themselves. That's how they, they learned about Christ. Listen, thankful people can worship wholeheartedly. And when you start to worship that way, church, gratitude opens up our hearts to God's peace. And enables us, listen, to put on love. Tell your neighbor, put on some love. I'm going to need some love in this place. I always need some love. Come on. I, I, I was just hearing as I was sitting down and waiting for, for the service to start. Amen. The little kids were coming and they were hugging someone. He goes, oh, I, I need that hug. That felt good. I, I don't know. There's always a, one of them that comes to me and hugs me, hugs my leg. And I say, that, that felt pretty good. You know, or, or when you see somebody here, a sister, or brother, and you give them a hug, and, and, they, and you know, I, you know, I miss the hugs from, from Xavier. He was here, he would hug me and lift me up. But it, you're a hug, Xavier. You, girls don't hug him. I'm just saying, men. But when you hug Xavier, man, it, it gets warm all of a sudden. <laughs> you give some good hugs, amen. It feels good for that hug, church. Come on, we, we got to put on love, amen. Listen, discontented people, people are not happy, people that are not content are always looking at all the wrongs in their lives. There's nothing good. They, they can't see good, amen. When they're discontent, they're like, you know, are you okay? You're, are you alive? Yeah, but I got bills. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that came out of nowhere, amen. I just want to ask, man, you look good today. Oh, yeah, but... You start, you start saying things, amen. And so discontented people are always looking, uh, come on, always calculating all the wrongs in their lives. They don't see the good. All they see is the bad. To increase thankfulness, 
Thank God on what you have and not complain on what you lack. Thank God for what you have and not complain on what you lack, church. Give thanks always. So what was the secret? What was Paul's secret of contentment? What was his recipe? What was, what was the thing that he found, amen, that made him so happy no matter what is life? Come on. Paul learned the secret. God, he had the recipe of being happy in every situation. Come on. He truly understood what it was to be in the one. He truly understood what it was to be in the plenty. So what was Paul's secret that not made him a seasonal Christian? What did he do different that maybe something is lacking in our lives? Well, the answer is found in Philippians chapter 4. 13, I can do all things through Christ. Somebody say Christ, who strengthens me. The Message Bible says, whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything. I can make it through anything. I can go through any storm. I can go through any battle, I can face any situation, I can go make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Come on, what great words, amen, what Paul is saying that whatever I have, wherever, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Come on, Christ makes me, not my circumstances. Christ is who I find my peace and my contentment, uh, not in my circumstances, not in money, not in anything else, church. It is in the one who makes me who I am. See, the recipe, the secret is in Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. His sufficiency. Come on, uh, come on, becomes our, our self and, uh, uh, sufficiency is in Christ's sufficiency. Come on, we gotta, we gotta lean upon Christ, amen. He learned that everything comes from the Father. The good, the bad, and sometimes the ugly church. Whatever Paul went through, it did not matter. It did not change his gratitude into an ugly attitude. Come on. We get, we ever get crazy when things in our life? Come on, our attitude changes. Our thankfulness is gone. The secret is gone. The recipe is gone. We, 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 we lost it. We forgot it. Paul drew the line. See, you got to come to a point in your life that you need to draw the line. Come on. you got to draw the line. If we're still looking back, you have not drawn the line. If you're still reflecting on the past, you haven't drawn the line. If you're going through seasons, amen, of struggles, amen, that are anchored to the past, you have not drawn the line. What does that mean, Pastor? That you draw the line and says, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to that life. I'm not going back to that place. I'm not going back to being that person. Not, I draw the line right here. I'm not an alcoholic no more. I'm not a drug addict no more. I'm not that person no more. I'm not that man no more. I'm not that woman no more. I'm something different. I draw the line. Amen. I'm not crossing that line no more. You have to draw the line if you want to be happy, if you want to be always remaining thankful. If you find the recipe in Christ, draw the line. Amen. Come on, you found the answer. There's nothing else out there that, that you need, amen. Come on, the satisfaction that we need comes from our Savior. Draw the line. Come on, somebody say, draw the line. line. You've got to draw it. And that's when you come to your mind, you make up your mind, I'm done. I'm done from being unhappy. I'm done from being discontentment with this discontentment that's in my life. I'm done with all being ugly and, and having an attitude every time things hit my life. I'm done being that person. I don't want to handle situations that way. I am drawing the line. And I'm not going back to being that person. But what happens? See, when things hit our life, we go back. Why? Because you didn't draw the line. You may have said it here. You may did it in a moment or a feeling through a speaker or a guest speaker, and it was an emotion, but it was not spirit. See, spirit makes you draw the line. Come on. 
See, some of us need to draw the line and say, I'm not going to fake it no more. I'm not going to pretend no more. I'm not just going to go up there and then go through a cycle of going back again. Come on, I'm trying to help you guys. You, you have to make up your mind and say, I'm drawing the line. I don't want to be that woman. I don't want to be that man. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to handle situations that way. I draw on the line. I, I, here we are in the cycle again. God wants to break. How many know that Jesus is a cycle breaker? He's the deliverer. Come on, he's the chain breaker. He, he's all that. Come on, church. He's all powerful. He's almighty. How can you say he can't deliver you? No, you have not drawn the line. See, once you draw the line, then he comes in and says, I'm going to break chains in your life. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to set you free because you made up your mind to follow me. Paul drew the line. He made up his mind. I'm not going back. I'm not going to be that man that persecuted Christians anymore. I found the truth. I found the recipe. I, I found the secret. It's Jesus. I found the truth, and his name is Jesus. And that alone made Paul thankful no matter what he got through, whether he was in a jail cell or whether he was getting stoned or he was getting whipped. Amen. It did not matter to him. He didn't like it. But I'm not saying here it did not change his attitude. Next morning, he's out there preaching the gospel, saving people. Because he was thankful because of his own salvation. Come on, you got to remember where he's delivered you from. Most of us should not even be here, church. Come on. I shouldn't be here. I should have been dead. I should have, been a, I should have either been dead or in prison all my life. Amen. So many times dry, driving out there in drunkenness, amen, and, and by God's grace, amen, I, I didn't kill no one or myself or did something worse. Come on, church. You, you, you got to look. I, man, I drew my line. When I gave my life to the Lord, I drew a line. I don't want to be that alcoholic no more. I don't want to be that. I don't want, I don't want to be this to my wife. I don't want to be this to my children. You know, the healing had to take place. All that, but I, I had a, once I drew the line, then God stepped in. He says, I'm going to fix you, son. It's going to take a while. It's not going to be like this. But I can tell you right now, when I made the, the line, he delivered me. When I say I don't want to be an alcoholic, I wasn't an alcoholic no more. That moment, it was deliverance. So there's still healing. Sorry, stupid devil. No. <laughs> devil pushed me. You see that? <laughs> Shut up, devil. Get out. Get. <laughs> now, that was just me. I ain't giving no devil credit. Amen. See, Paul drew the line, amen, and we got to come to a place in our life that we need to draw the line. If you're going to be content, if you're going to learn the secret, you got to find your truth in Jesus and always remain thankful. You need to draw the line, amen. Just like that song we sang right now, I mean, uh, come on. Uh, when I think about the Lord and how he saved me uh, and how he raised me and how he filled me with the Holy Ghost and how he healed me with the uttermost. When I think about the Lord and how he picked me up and turned me around and how he set my feet on solid ground. Makes me want to shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It makes me want to shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. When you sing that song, you got to think about the Lord. At that moment, I'm thankful what he's done. Because those words there, come on, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. Come on. He didn't just heal me from this to the uttermost. That means he continues to heal me. Even as I walk in life, I, I'm so thankful that he healed me. Man, I flash back times where I, I'm in that bed, but he healed me. And just because others didn't come out of that bed doesn't mean they're not healed either. They're healed as well. That's the uttermost. That's the unseen. 
So those that even passed on, they are even healed to the uttermost. Because with Christ, we win either way. <laughs> Come on, death. What do you have? There's no sting. We're not afraid of death. We shouldn't. Come on, we win either way, whether we're living or we die. Come on. Come on, to, to, to be absent in body is to be in the presence of what? Come on, that's our next step. That's our next waking up our eyes. We're in the presence of God Almighty. What we've been praying for, fighting for, going through, amen, is to get into that place. Imagine their song that they sang when they opened their eyes. Man, to see Jesus face to face, our Savior, our Deliverer, to see heaven. Can you imagine heaven, how, what heaven looks like? Come on, you can, you can, you can try to do it with Hollywood, man. It's, it has nothing to compare what we're going to see. The streets of gold. Oh, my Lord. Got to make you want to shout. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, man. It, it makes you that. This was Paul's attitude, which reflected his gratitude, which made him always thankful. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 through 10 says, Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from being proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in insults, hardships, persecutions, and the troubles I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, I then am strong. Come on, church. And it's in those times that we, we feel the weakest that we can be the strongest. We have to tap into the one, the secret, the recipe. Uh, come on, into that place of Christ, amen. Uh, say, God, uh, I struggle. See, it's not, you shouldn't be ashamed to say, man, I'm going through a struggle. Uh, I have a weakness in my life. Because when you say I'm weak, then you can become strong, church. Uh, so when you're going through a season, uh, come on, express that to someone. Express it to God. Say, God, I'm weak. God, I need your strength right now. And then the power of God comes upon you, amen. Grace comes and gets released to you you it's in our weakness that we become strong see a lot of us we think it's the opposite i gotta be strong all the time no no we can be strong but when you're weak say i'm weak i'm going through a season when you say that now his grace comes upon you and his strength comes upon you can somebody say amen first timothy chapter 112 says i thank christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. See, Paul learned to trust God in every situation. Instead of being complainful, he was always thankful. He drew his strength from every, for, for, for everything in the one who continually empowered him. Christ always empowers us, church. He knew that Christ would give him the strength for whatever circumstances he would face through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul got through those seasons of stoning, those seasons of imprisonment, those seasons of getting whipped for Christ's sake, amen, through the work of the Holy Spirit, church. The secret church is drawing on Christ's power for strength. If we only draw within ourselves, church, the power will run out. And when the power runs out, guess what? The flesh wakes up. Come on, we got to draw to God. We got to draw to Christ, amen. Willpower, church, can only take us so far. But Christ's power never, never, never runs out, church. Come on, he is the original energizer. His power keeps going and going, and going, and going, and going. It doesn't stop, church. And it's still going today. And it's still powerful today, church. So if you're finding yourself getting frustrated with people, 
your family, your boss, your neighbors. Come on, life, even people in the church. Oh, yeah, they're here too, church. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's because you're doing it in your own strength. Get into his presence and draw your strength from Jesus so that when you are weak, then you will become strong. Come on, if people are frustrating you, come on, you're trying to handle those situations, those relationships in your own strength. You've got to draw upon Christ. We must rely on the promises of God and Christ's power to help us to be content. That will help us always to be thankful. If you're a person here in this place today that always wants more, you know that person, right? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Come on, don't look at them right now. Come on. If you're that type of person, then you need to ask God, listen, to remove that desire and to teach you how to be satisfied satisfied instead. Be satisfied in every situation, every circumstance that you face. Come on, we should say, man, I'm going through a storm, I'm going through a battle, but praise God, he's going to get me through it. Come on, he's done it before, he'll do it again. Come on, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So my God will never fail us. He never leaves us. He never abandons us. So if we know this church, that should help us to always remain thankful to him. No matter what we're facing. Come on, I'm not saying is you're going to enjoy it, but you've got to find yourself in the power source that gets you through it. The one that will empower you to become who you are, church. My God will supply all your needs. Come on, and he'll always do it to the best, to, to what's best for you. See, another secret of Paul was his gratitude of, of gratitude and contentment and thankfulness was that he can see life from God's point of view. He positioned himself in God. So Paul was so focused, listen, not on what he was supposed to be, uh, he was so focused on what he was supposed to be doing, not what he, that, not, not what he felt that he should have. He focused himself on the things that he needed to do, church. You see, sometimes we think because we're saved, we're born again, amen, we're, we're a follower of Christ, amen, that we should have this and we should have that, amen. He's a big God. I want big things. Come on, somebody. I'm not saying that God doesn't want to bless us. How many have been blessed by God? Come on. But our relationship should not be based on what we have. It should be based on what we're doing and what he has done. You see, Paul had his priorities straight. He was grateful for everything that God has done in his life. And we need to do this, church. And the only way to do that is to detach ourselves from the non-essentials of life so that we can concentrate on the eternal things of life. Come on, money is not always the answer. Come on, somebody. We had a testimony here. Come on, money's not the answer. Money's good. Can somebody say amen? Come on, we can all... Use some money, amen, but it's not the answer, church. Money comes, money goes, but God always remains. Come on, somebody. Give more intention, more focus on what is important, and give your more attention to what matters for your life. We often desire more than we have, amen. When we desire those kind of things in our life, it's really a longing to fill an emptiness that's in your life. Come on. People go buy things. Listen. To fill voids. They do. Come on. They're going through a situation. They're storm. I'm going to Walmart. Going to Kmart. Whatever. Wherever you go. Amen. <laughs> I don't. Well, Kmart's already closed. Amen. See? Stop going there. Amen. You're trying to find Kmart. It's gone. Come on. Come on. I, some, if you ever see people like that, or maybe that's in you, when you're just going out there and you're just buying and buying, it's just to fill a void in your life. There's something empty. There's something missing in your life, and you think things and material are going to fill it. No, what you need is Jesus, amen. What you need is the secret of Jesus. He is your contentment. He is your satisfaction. He is your wall. He is your shopping spree. Go to Jesus, amen. Buy some Jesus. Put on some Jesus. See, the question is, what are you drawn to when you feel empty inside? How do you, listen, find contentment? You see, your answers lie in your perspective, in your priorities, in your source of your power. We can, 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 can we really do anything in Christ? Come on, it says we can do all things in Christ. Can we really do that? 
Can we leap over uh, tall buildings in a single bound? Are you faster than a speeding bullet? Come on. No. Listen. The power that we receive when we are in union with Christ is the sufficiency to do his will and not ours. The power to face the challenges that rise up from our commitment to doing his will. The power to go forward even when we're facing crisis and to stay focused to win the prize. See, as we contend for the faith, we will face troubles. We will face pressures and problems and trials are going to come our way, church. They will come, but in our weakness, ask God to strengthen you. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Strong. You guys really believe that. When I'm weak, I am strong. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Come on, the devil sees that. <laughs> when I am weak, then I am strong. Come on, now you can move that, uh, that face. You guys are still shopping, amen. Hallelujah. Come on. John 16, says, and I'll close with this. I've told you these things that you may have peace in me. In this world, you will have trouble. Somebody say trouble. trouble. Say again. Trouble. It's always going to be there, church. As long as you're living here, as long as we're living in, in, in this year of 2022, going to 2023, next year, you're going to have more trouble. Come on. You can, you can say, I don't want it. You can say, For, forget it. It's going to come. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. Come on. You go into a new workplace, you're going to find trouble. It, it really is. There's trouble in our workplaces. There's people. There's attitudes. These things is what we face. Amen. Uh, come on. There's a new school year coming. Come on. Kids are still growing. Come on. We're, we're going to have trouble. Come on. We're going to go through crisis. Amen. Uh, come on. If we've gone through things in the seasons in our economy, what makes you think it's not going to come back? Come on. Uh, there's trouble right now. Come on. Prices are going up. Bread is up. Eggs are up. Come on. All this stuff. Come on. Come on. I love eggs. Amen. Come on, we got eggs going up, man. You go in there, nothing. Come on. It's crazy, but I, my God supplies. I'm not going to complain about the economy. I'm just going to go to the economy solver that come, uh, that serves me because I'm not part of this economy. I'm a part of kingdom economy, amen. So God will provide for our needs, church, amen. Uh, go to the one that you need to hang on to. You're going to have trouble. But he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. So as I close today a second time. <laughs> got three more guys, amen, so hold on. <laughs> Just remain thankful. Church, let's not be seasonal. Come on, we shouldn't be seasonal. We shouldn't just get happy because Christmas is around and you're expecting this gift or whatever that is. Amen. Come on, let's be thankful always. Amen. And when we are, we'll always, listen, always be standing in victory. Didn't Jesus, didn't, didn't we just pray right now? And Sister Bloom says, you're in victory. Shout victory. Come on, so many times we're shouting defeat. As Christians, we should be victorious. We are victorious in battle. Come on, the battle belongs to the Lord. Come on, know who, who he fights for you. You don't fight alone. You don't do it alone, yet we, we think we need to work it out alone. Come on, stand in victory, church. Come on, let's learn the secret, the recipe of contentment. Let's be thankful all the time, no matter what comes our way, church. Let's draw from Christ. Strength from Christ. This, this, his strength, come on, is sufficient in our weakness. And let's remain thankful people. Let me close with this. This is my third close and final close. This is my final close, guys. I only got three today. Philippians chapter 4, 6 says this. Don't worry about anything. 
Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Hebrews 12, 28 says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and plead and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Psalms 100, 4 and 5 says this, enter his gates with thanksgiving and go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is Good, amen. His unfailing love continues forever. His faithfulness continues to each generation. Come on, let's all stand up.